Welcome to the Studio Break Podcast. I'm your host, David Linaway. For today's 65th episode, we have artist Travis Medford on to discuss his collage works, which incorporate a variety of different printed materials, topography, and just formal design and abstraction. And they're all very exciting. You can check them out on causeanddefecttumblr.com. If this is your first experience with Studio Break, we just want to remind you we are a podcast, a blog site that feature a variety of contemporary artists discussing their work in great detail. So please check out all the interviews that we have. Again, each of those posts have individual slideshows, links to the artist's website, as well as links to the iTunes store where you can subscribe to the Studio Break podcast. We do want to remind you that we have a Facebook page, so please go ahead and check it out. Once again, we preview some of the guests that we have coming up, and we provide announcements from past guests, show announcements, competitions, things like that. So please go ahead and check it out. You can follow us on Twitter, at Studio Break, and if you're interested, you can follow me, at David Linaway. All right, that's all the announcements. Please stay tuned. Travis Medford is coming up right now, so stay tuned. Welcome to Studio Break. I'm happy to be joined tonight by Travis Medford. How are you? I'm good. How are you, David? I'm doing excellent. It's it's good to have you on to talk about your work and, and to spend some time examining who you are and, and why you make it. So thanks again for taking the time. Well, thanks for the opportunity. It's it's an honor, and um, I love the podcast, and I, I do enjoy, um, as we were talking before, about talking about art and I enjoy the dialogue of maybe something will come out of this that will, uh, you know, make me think about, of, of my own stuff in a different way. So that's, that's really interesting for me. I guess before we delve into, uh, into some of those ideas, um, can we just get a little bit of a background about, you know, where you're from, um, where you currently live and, and, um, we can kind of go from there. Sure. Um, I grew up outside of Greenville, South Carolina, um, in Anderson, South Carolina, and I was fortunate enough to be, I was able to attend a magnet arts school in Greenville County, and my instructors there, my teachers there, um, really encouraged everyone, but uh, they really pushed me to develop a portfolio and, and to apply for art school, so junior senior year of high school it was a very pivotal time for well, for anybody but um, just fostering that love of the arts and developing a body of work so from there i went on to the maryland institute college of art and i was there from 91 1991 to 95 and graduated with a bachelor of fine art bfa in 95 and from there, um, moved to Atlanta and had hopes of going to graduate school, but got caught up in, in just trying to make a living, basically. And I really wanted to go to CalArts. I visited. I was kind of dead set on going there. And then I realized it would just be a financial burden that I didn't want to bear at the time. So, mm-hmm. um, so I, I didn't go to graduate school. I, I worked in Atlanta until 2003 and moved to Asheville in 2003. Met my wife in Atlanta, and then we moved to Asheville. And in 2007, had kids, had twin boys. So we've been in Asheville now since 2000, 2003, and we love it here. It's it's nice um, raising Two little boys, they're six, 
uh, now in first grade. And um, but I still practice art, and I I try to you know further my art practice as much as I can. And this this as you mentioned before the the social media thing just really has kind of become my outlet for getting my work seen and uh, creating a dialogue. I was into mail art for a long time and still am. Um, collaborating through the mail with folks um, is still part of what I do as an artist. And um, so the social media part of that or the social networking part of that uh, related to mail art just kind of makes sense. You can, I've met a lot of wonderful people and collaborated with a lot of wonderful artists and actually traded real tangible art through the mail that I've, you know, people I've met digitally. Right. Right. Which is, is, is great. You know, um, there, there is a, there's pluses and minuses to being plugged in, but I think the, the major plus, if you will, is just making connections with real people and, trading real stuff and that's that's um that's the joy of it for me well and i like that it can be something that's i don't know almost just completely open-ended in terms of you know who you might connect with or what you're drawn into it it seems like a a real way for people to be able to share different ideas and 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 communicate in in a way that you know we were talking about before that kind of disappears after after school sometimes um so it's it's very interesting to to think about that as a in the way that that could impact somebody's work. When I got interested in mail art, it was pretty much you were blindly sending things out to a list, and you didn't know what you were going to be getting, which was its with its own you know had its own um, excitement and um, charm. But now you can kind of you know go on Flickr or Facebook or tumblr and kind of seek out art that you really resonates with you and and really establish these collaborations with people that you know you you can kind of preview what they've done and just really develop these relationships online first and then you know trade things through the mail so it's it's a different kind of modern spin on you know what ray johnson had you know set up through the correspondence school back in the 60s you know that that spirit of collaboration and um connection is 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 thriving you know was art making something that always that always was important to you then when you were a kid before you you know started studying at this magnet art school in, in south carolina were you kind of always drawn to making and and doing things with your hands or always always making things with my hands drawing um and building things, uh, and my father built built things. You know, he built. Uh, he was a very do-it-yourself kind of guy. My grandparents, you know, were, you know, just plain simple mountain folk who, you know, got by by making things themselves. So I think that DIY spirit was really, you know, before there was a cable channel <laughs> it was just kind of ingrained in in growing up you know everyone around me was crafty and making things in my family so it just kind of evolved out of that it was like keeping a sketchbook or anything like that important to you early on when i was really young no i mean i would just you know pieces of whatever i, I could find you know and i did i did larger paintings too and you know bigger stuff and i still do large stuff on occasion but as a daily practice everything is pretty 
pretty small postcard size, you know, four by six, uh, three by five. Um, I, I guess part of that is space. And, and then I think mainly the size is dictated by the materials because a lot of the stuff uh, or all the stuff I'm using is is printed material sourced from either a magazine or a book or brochure, pamphlet, something. And so the scale just sort of fits the, um, the source material. If I, you know, so if I were to come across some giant billboard material, maybe I would start cutting it up and making giant, you know, mm-hmm. billboard size pieces. But for now I've just, you know, kind of stockpiled source material that's generally the size of a book or magazine. So it makes sense to, to use that in a smaller work. You can mail them easily. They're more intimate. And I really feel like they are um, poems in a way or, or small meditations because they, they're made really fast and they're not really labored over. And I just kind of let, let it happen and let mistakes happen. And I do a lot of them and it's, it is a sort of meditation for me, you know, a visual poem, if you will. What is it that you're drawn to in the things that you source and collect from that, that become, you know, part of your work? Well, I have a printing background. I have a screen printing background and offset printing background. So a lot of what I'm looking at or looking for is, is printed material. I love typography, um, and the use of typography, most of the stuff I'm looking for, there's a certain nostalgia in it. It's older stuff, I guess, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. I don't limit myself by saying, you know, it has to be this or that. There is a certain charm or I'm drawn to older printed materials, lots of black and white printing or color printing that's really saturated or maybe off register you know everything these days is is too perfect and it's too it's too clear you know it's too high definition and i'm i'm drawn to things that aren't i'd i'd prefer watching a super 8 movie over a high definition anything just because I like seeing the flaws in things, and I like seeing how things are made, like in terms of printing, if I can see the the dots, if I can get really close and, and see the the screen dots. I like that. I like knowing how and, you know, knowing that it was printed. And I guess there's a certain element of crudeness that I, I'm gravitated towards in printing, like printing on cardboard boxes and things that weren't really intended to um, be archival at all. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about this today, you know, a a lot of collage is really getting to know the way things are printed. And I've been doing a lot of image transfers on packing tape and, you know, some images transfer better than others. And it really depends on the type of paper they were printed on. And so you really, you know, the types of inks that were used, and so you really get to investigate how things were built. And, and the printed page is, a, is there's lots to it. You know, there's minute layers of ink and, you know, the paper itself is, um, you know, a layered, physically layered thing. So in building a collage and building up these layers, it's really investigating your materials on a very material level, aside from imagery or, you know, what the, the image refers to or aside from the narrative at all 
I like paper. I like printed paper. I'm trying to get to the essence of what that is mm-hmm. in a very honest way with my work. So do you have like all of these kind of set up in, in different piles where you, I don't know, or like have them pre-sorted where you're maybe looking at, you know, something that you have that you want to figure out how you're going to use that um, for an image? I mean, do you work on a number of them at a time? It's funny because I'm sitting in my studio now looking at all of this, and I I tend to work – I have an old steel case um, metal desk that's pretty large, and it's it's somewhat of a mess. I mean I don't don't really catalog things or cut things out and and catalog them or arrange them. It's pretty much boxes and piles and piles of scraps and piles of magazines and books that haven't been cut into yet. But I tend to work in a kind of a, not chaos, that's dramatic, but um, kind of an an organized way and allow things to kind of, you know, get piles shuffle around. And and, um, I don't normally, unless I'm working on a specific project, I've got a a show coming up, a group show that I, I'm looking for certain images for. But unless I'm, I'm really, you know, focused thematically on something, I'm not really looking for, you know, a man doing something or, you know, a, a dog or whatever, you know, I'm not really looking for specifics. Um, I'm just kind of grabbing, sifting through piles and catching whatever catches my eye at the time. Um, and I tend to work on one piece at a time. I think for this group show, I'm going to be working on several pieces at a time because they're going to be shown together. Mm-hmm. Generally, they're done really fast, as I said, and so I'll do I'll do one or two or three at a time. So they all they tend to look like they were done at the same time. And are these you know something that you work on for you know a couple hours and, and it's complete, or is it something that you have to come back to over the course of like a couple of days? Probably half an hour to an hour, um, I would say. And um, I sometimes I'll I'll lay something out and kind of sleep on it but most of the time it's it's uh it's really spur of the moment and spontaneous and um i i kind of just work and let things happen and then if it's not what i intended or i'll just you know go on to the next one and not really get tripped up on you know whether that was the right decision or not because Basically, you're making a series of decisions that, um, you know, you you either live with or cover up or or what have you. So, you know, how do you, I guess, rein that in, you know, while being open to experimentation? I mean, are there specific rules or kind of ways that you proceed through them? I do limit myself uh, with size, and I, I might limit myself with I'm going to use you know, one color and the rest black and white, or, you know, I've been working through these, um, I was fortunate enough to design the collage workbook that I was working at a book publisher, Lark, Lark Crafts, uh, the Randall Plowman book. And, you know, working through those, those prompts and those exercises are really good, just kind of guideposts of subjects of working setting up rules for yourself. Recently, I've been working on a little series of collages that kind of are based on a somewhat of a formula in that, you know, there's a there's a background 
there's some sort of color added and it's usually just one color. And then there's some sort of overlay that's a tape transfer. So you get that transparency, which is, is interesting and important to me now to, to investigate these, these transparent images on tape. So you get things bleeding through and such. So I've, I've sort of set out a, a formula for making these and I'm just going to kind of ride that out and see how long that that interests me and see how long the, the work that comes out of that interests me and, and go from there. But it's nice to kind of set up those guidelines, if you will. And then within those guidelines, you can really let things happen and it not be a complete free for all, but you can, you know, within a certain amount of, regimented criteria, you can then allow mistakes to happen and allow things to develop, if that makes sense. I always think about, you know, artists kind of developing their own language and, and, you know, vocabulary, certainly of like the the visual work. So you kind of write it out until it's done and then just find some way to just kind of switch it up. Is that right? If it begins to get kind of um, either too formulaic or too, I guess, just uninteresting then i'll i'll try to mix it up and introduce a new element or a new way of working or a new technique of some sort or something i I have found that working with the gel medium or i I use mod podge is is a lot different than just working with straight paper Mm -hmm. so you you get that added element of that that plastic layer that sort of kind of encases everything and and puts kind of puts a film between the viewer and the work. You know, you talked before about how some of these materials, there's a, a level of, you know, handmade or error or, you know, something that's not the super printed perfect thing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in a way you're kind of taking these things and, you know, layering them all up into this other context, you know, where they, where they might, you know, appear, appear be like very whole in one context and then you're kind of jumbling them up into this new context. You know, it allows, I think, for, you know, somebody to look at them to kind of, kind of allows, I think, for a bit of openness. Is is that something that you're interested in? I mean, I think anything you do is going to evoke some sort of narrative to someone, whether you intend it or not. And I don't, I don't set out to necessarily tell a story. Sometimes I end up, and, and it usually comes with titling a piece. I mean, you title a piece and you're kind of setting the stage for what that piece quote unquote means (laughs) or what your intent was, you know, the way I approach making things isn't really, it's, it's more of kind of just like I said, you know, kind of like a visual poem or meditation that it's kind of a formal practice of composition and kind of basic elements of design. After it's all said and done, there could be a narrative that forms, uh, and, in my mind or in the mind of whoever's looking at it. So I think storytelling is always going to be a part of whatever I do or whatever anybody does in terms of making art because we're human and we have a human um, reaction to things. Lately, I've been making a conscious effort not to put any figures in the work, partly as, you know, it's just I want to remove the the human experience from it, I guess. I mean, we're always going to have a human experience with something we're looking at, but if we see a face or a figure or somebody doing something, we automatically gravitate towards that as, oh, this person is doing such and such, and 
you know, it's, it's an automatic narrative. And I kind of want to remove that from the scenario and, and break it down even further um, to where the viewer really has to deal with things that they may or may not feel comfortable with, with, you know, and, and really have to investigate what it, what it is that they're looking at. I think that idea of materiality really comes across, you know, there's, there's plenty of other experiences that you've created through your collages. There's ones where you're kind of combining these different landscapes or different interiors or using figures or essentially kind of almost creating this setting where aren't any figures and, and, you know, different like uh, text kind of, you know, jumbled about a different way or juxtaposed with a flat or, you know, a transfer. Or, it really does kind of bring up that idea of that materiality. And I think one of the things that I love about your work is that it, it makes me think about the idea of time after us. Like, it, it almost kind of feels like if you dug out like a big pile of different papers and newspaper and stuff and you mm-hmm. took a cross-section of it, like some of these would be kind of these remnants of that. No, I, I, think, I, I think one of my aims is... It's almost the sense of confusion mm-hmm. and disorientation, e- even if something familiar is being used. You know, there's there's a certain um, mystery involved in trying to pick things apart. And I love using typography and cutting it up and reassembling it into these abstract forms. Today, just today, um, uh, someone on Facebook posted something about uh, Cecil Touchon. And his his typographic kind of abstract cut up paintings, exactly where my head is at in in regards to typography, and you know cutting it and reassembling it into these abstract forms to where the narrative could be something like cut up language or misinterpreted mm-hmm. you know language of some sort, or you could just look at it for the pure abstract formal qualities of shape and form and contrast. And I I tend to look at it that way. And I tend to, um, you know, when I'm looking for type, I look for really big, you know, chunky type in an old life magazine or something. Just even that, you know, typography is used a lot different these days. And there's a lot different types of typography and typography isn't used as smart, I don't think, as it used to be. It's all digital now, whereas it used to be laid out by hand. So, you know, there's a certain nostalgia to the to the material, but then after you cut that up and reassemble it, there's this level of confusion or misinterpretation or that it's, you know, it's been put into a blender and not randomly, hopefully, cleverly constructed by myself. It's interesting to think about that idea of, you know, a short work or like a meditation, working through something, a study, you know, because it, I don't know, it seems like it also becomes a little bit about that moment too, you know, something that if it's not as planned out, you know, somebody might have a completely different way of working. It seems like there's a, a level of that openness in terms of just exploring it. No, I, I, I agree. It is it is about the moment and it's about what, um, you know, the, the quick decisions you make within that moment. And that's not to discount. Uh, work that is labored over and is is sits in the studio for a while until it's right. I mean, there's definite value in that. And a lot of these things, uh, I they you know I keep them around, and I would love to one day do some screen prints of them, you know, bigger, and maybe cut those up or something for something else maybe later. I do see them as perhaps something bigger one day, or they definitely have that potential because. 
it, it would be nice to see them blown up. I think that immediacy is interesting because you, I don't know, you almost think about it, what, what it would be like then on, I don't know, any given day, you know, like what it's, what, what the work looks like when you've had a day where you feel relatively uh, less stressed versus a day where, I don't know, you get a flat tire or, mm-hmm. you know, something that really kind of almost reflects that. Cause I think also the, you know, there's certain, there's certain times then where some of the collages seem very playful, um, and then others where they're kind of more ambiguous. So it, I don't know. It's it's interesting, and and maybe that's just the the point is that it's up to us to kind of decide that. But it's interesting the way that it makes me associate, anyways. You know how they could be read differently, or I don't know. It almost makes me wonder how they were constructed in that way, or if it's something that's a concern, or yeah. And you know, sometimes uh, you know, I'll make a conscious effort to do something. Um, in the summer, I did some small playing cards, and I made a conscious effort to do tropical. <laughs> it was a thematic, a thematic thing. So, um, it, it's it's fun to do that, and it's fun to um, sort of uh, set those guidelines up. And I'll be in a show at the end of the month um, at a local gallery, and it's a it's an annual show on Halloween called the Arts of Darkness. So, I'm getting ready to do some very you know, um, intentionally dark, you know, themed work. And, you know, in the past, I've, I, I've always been drawn to pop culture and comics and this and that, and, you know, monsters and hot rods and stuff like that. So in the past, I've approached that subject kind of playfully in, in, you know, um, monsters of film land type, uh, imagery you know and but i think this year i'm i'm really going to not not be serious about it but at the same time like investigate darkness mm-hmm. and not in a playful way but kind of in a darker way and um so that's i'm going to try to set myself up for that and see what comes out of it um and we'll see it it may may be awful <laughs> <laughs> well no but I, I, again I, th- I mean i think that's something that's very uh interesting you know i think a lot of artists talk about getting caught up in a, a certain way of doing things you know you work in a series and and you kind of get to an idea of maybe what to expect and i don't know even if even if it's not always that case for the artist i mean it's something that's really hard to kind of change up at times and i think that it just really strikes me again if you look over the uh the archive you know a bunch of those images on tumblr again it just, they just keep coming you know they keep coming and they keep coming and you're just like man this came before this and it just really strikes me as that level of openness that you kind of describe and and kind of talk about and you know being open to change really kind of comes across i think and at the same time i mean at, at the same time i don't know i mean is there is that something that could be well, i don't know it's almost like you you give it just enough time to be able to get drawn into something else there's a thin, thin line between you know being prolific and doing lots of work and then working things out are you selective about what you put out there or do you just put it all out there right and i tend to just put out everything and and not not um edit myself you know there's tons of space out there to 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 put this stuff so i tend not to really um 
edit what I put up and just kind of throw it all out there in kind of like a public journal or public diary, you know, for uh, as a record of that, like you, we were talking about before, as a record of that moment in time as a photograph, really. Mm-hmm. So that that is interesting. I mean, when I look back on some of the Tumblr archives and, you know, I was doing stuff really different uh, a couple of years ago or a year ago, and then, you know, you can see trends and patterns and mm-hmm you know, kind of in a series. And it it also helps me look back and see, you know, things that I like that I might want to bring back or, you know, just things that it, it's nice to see your own evolution as well as others. I mean, I, if I go, if I find someone's work I like, then I'll, I'll look at their archives and see everything they've posted and see, you know, see where they were and how they got there and sort of do a little investigation of, <laughs> of aesthetics, if you will. Well, you know, so we've been talking a lot about, you know, some of these different projects you have coming up, different things that you're working on, some thematic work, some that's just a continuation of that, that practice that we've talked about. But what are some some things that are coming up that you're excited about? And um... be having some work in a, a group show at the end of the month at, the, at a local art gallery and skate shop. And that is called um, Arts of Darkness. It's a themed show. I'm also going to be published in the 22 magazine sometime in the next couple of months. And I'm working on a uh, collective project with two other people I met through Facebook. And we're going to be working on projects together. I think our first project is going to be a screen printed book. So I want to get back into creating publications using the collages as kind of a a base to make screen printed posters and, and books. And hopefully we'll be able to exhibit as a collective. It's three of us and one of us is in the UK and the other one is in Virginia. So it's kind of a, um, we're not really in the same um, room working. We're, we're, Mm -hmm. we're spread out all over. So it'll be interesting. It'll be, it'll be, um, interesting for us to kind of collectively pool our the things we're doing by ourselves and then hopefully we'll be able to you know get some exhibits out of it and and create create some books and and products for people to um to purchase so we'll see where it goes it's it's early on that level of collaboration is so interesting because you can again kind of create these works from you know, people that are in totally different locations or you can find out about an artist that you'd have been working for 50 years, you know, and they're on everything that's art now and you haven't seen it, you know, whereas you could be in this, this uh, instance then where you're kind of setting goals for this specific work to be kind of collaborative and, you know, there's all these avenues to do it, even if you're in a popular, a town population of like 200, you know? Yeah, it, it really does open things up. And, um, you know, living here in Asheville, as as nice as it is, there's really not a lot of um, opportunity to go see, you know, contemporary art, which I kind of miss, to miss um, you know, living in Atlanta and Baltimore. Um, you know, there was always some sort of opportunity to, you know, see that type of stuff. But I'm but having said that, I'm not at all short of inspiration because although it's digital, you know, it's, 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 it's all around us, you know, and it's on our feed, it's on our wall or whatever you want to call it. So it's, um, you know, I'm, I'm inspired daily by things that I see and it just makes sense to reach out to those people and say, Hey, you know, let's do something together. Um, and, um, 
you know, it's it it is a human it is a human connection that if it only existed digitally, I don't think I would be as interested in. But the fact that it has this element of um, you know, something real that arrives in the mail or something real that you end up making as a result of it is, is, is the drive for me to keep doing collaborative work. Well, I wanted to thank you again for, you know, taking the time to uh, let us get a, a glimpse into your practice and, you know, hear how things work and how, how things are going and what's going on. So thanks again for taking the time. No, this has been great. Thank you so much for the opportunity. And, um, it's um, it's great to listen to everyone on your podcast talk about their work, and it's doing you're doing some good stuff. Thank you, and again, thanks for participating. Thanks again to Travis for joining us, and please go check out his website, causeanddefecttumblr.com. You can find tons and tons of images there to see and peruse. So please go ahead and do that. If you enjoyed the program, maybe you want to find out a little bit more about me, your host, David Linaway, so please go ahead and check out my website, davidlinaway.com. Again, there is a link right on the sidebar of the homepage of Studio Break, so please go ahead and check out my work, which incorporates a lot of different architecture and landscape themes, and it's all there on davidlinaway.com. In other fun news, Studio Break turns two this week, so we're very excited about that. And, of course, we will continue to produce some interesting podcasts for you with different artists like we've been doing. It's been a lot of fun, and hopefully um, we'll continue to just expand and grow into shows and all sorts of other stuff. So we thank you once again for listening. Of course, we hope that you check out the Studio Break website. We've got tons of archive episodes, over 80 or something like that now. You can easily access them through the archive feature. Just look on the left sidebar, go month by month, and check out all of the great podcasts that you've missed. Once again, we invite you to check out the iTunes store where you can subscribe to the podcast. And of course, if you like it, one great way to help us out this anniversary week is to leave us some feedback. It makes it much easier to find when other people are looking for podcasts to listen to, like Bad at Sports, which is another great art one. Or maybe you like comedy and you listen to the Mark Maron podcast or any number of other great podcasts. It just helps those in iTunes find cool stuff to listen to. So if you like the show, please do us a favor and and leave us some feedback. We do have a Facebook page, so please go ahead and check it out, Studio Break, on Facebook. Again, we're almost at 500 likes, so if you do us the great pleasure of liking it, we just get that much closer to uh, 500 likes, which... Who knows? It's just a round number, but it sounds like a good one. Once again, we provide updates from some of the past guests that we've had on. We preview some of the guests that we have coming up and also offer show announcements and cool goings on. So please check out and like our Facebook page. You can find us on Twitter at Studio Break, and you can follow me if you're interested at David Linaway. Our last little reminder is that Auspice opens at Jan Brandt Gallery this Saturday, October 12th from 7 to 9. There'll be two solo exhibitions, one by Michael Willie and the other by Benjamin Gardner. Really excellent painters, and it should be a great night of fun. They're brewing some beer. It's going to be a nice, nice gathering of people. There's open studios. Mannequin Press is opening up, and it should be a great time. I'm also really excited to be doing a collaborative piece with Bill Conger, and you can go ahead and check that out again. Please come by, say hello, and uh, see all the great art this Saturday, October 12th, at Jan Brandt Gallery from 7 to 9. All right, thanks again for listening. We'll talk to you real soon.